We are so excited to announce that we have opened the doors to our private membership community, The Symposium. Inside The Symposium, you have access to all of our free and paid content, daily prompts to pull to, live monthly workshops, reading room Zooms, and monthly virtual meetups. We also host monthly challenges and have a lively and engaged community, as well as tarot spread and resource libraries. The Symposium is an incredible community of like-minded folks who value the intersection of tarot, mental health, self-reflection, and personal growth. We're really excited to meet you all inside the symposium. So head over to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click join the symposium today to become a part of our community. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So today we are diving into the world of expectations and mm-hmm. how to manage them. And it kind of made sense to explore this because we're, we're recording this episode. It's November of 2022. So we're kind of in the thick of holiday season when many of us are spending extended time with family and friends, uh, taking time off work, or maybe choosing not to do any of that. Um, and this time of year seems to, to cause at least me to reflect on the role that expectations play in our lives and the lives of people around us. I tend to talk about it more in sessions with clients like, hey, like, what are you expecting this time of year? What needs do you have? And, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so interesting because we started, we came up with this, I think, from um, inspiration of time of year. And I will agree with you that that is a question that I will ask clients a lot right now, um, sometimes just as a conversation starter or sometimes because I know it's going to get someplace. But that is a, an easy question to be asking right now. So what are you expecting? What are you looking forward to? What are you anticipating? But once we started, once I started thinking about this, and once I even like on the days that we record, I'll usually tell my kids as I'm driving them to school what we're going to talk about it. They started shooting off all of these different things that <laughs> I thought my kids were going to be talking about the holidays too, but they were like, oh, it's like this, like this, like this. So I think mm. it's a really interesting topic because it is timely, but mm-hmm. also... I mean, true for all of the time, how much of our dissatisfaction in the world has to do not with circumstance, but with our expectations. So well said, you know, and I really just love the title of the episode too, Managing Expectations, because I think, you know, we can't fully get rid of expectations. You know, I think when we start to explore the concept of expectations or begin to modify them a little bit, we we often kind of go from one extreme to the next. Like we can go from like, you know, high, possibly unrealistic expectations that don't get met and lead to disappointment. Or, you know, I, I see this all the time. I've been there. It happens to my clients a lot too. We go to the opposite end of the spectrum where it's yeah. this rigid form of self-protection and almost like self-preservation where we say, oh, I have no expectations whatsoever. But I, I just I just feel like that's not super possible because I think we just end up maybe expecting disappointment when we say that we have no expectations because I mean even just think of the energy when you say that like oh no I don't I don't expect anything from them or I don't expect anything at all 
like it, that's not a, you're not saying it in a positive way. Right. So it kind right. of like, it's like this vacuum of pessimism and it can be hard to escape that when you go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And it's, I feel like it, it doesn't, doesn't lead to anything that feels good or anything positive. It can lead to just pain and, and fractures and our relationships with other people. So I really like the idea of learning how to, to manage it so that yeah. we don't find ourselves in, you know, on one end of the spectrum or the other. Yeah, I think that's so right. And I agree with you. I, I really like the title, this idea of managing it, because there is this very delicate balance of allowing for realism and mm. optimism, you know, like and allowing for this place of how hopeful do I think is a healthy way to be. But I think you're right. There's such a shadow when it comes to expectations where people so quickly will go to, I expect it to be awful. And guess what? Like It probably will be if that's what you're expecting. So I feel like I could talk for another 10 minutes at this point, but I think we should probably pull a card. Yes, let's pull. What deck are you using? I switched back to my trusty tarot vintage and it feels so good. (laughs) It feels like home. Yeah, it feels like home. (laughs) Yeah, what are you using? Tarot of the Abyss, which I've been (laughs) grabbing a lot of recently. I don't know how I feel about that deck for, for this. That's a. It's out. actually, I mean, it's a funny deck because it sounds dark, but it's actually very hopeful in a lot of places. So I think it's That's appropriate. True. It also was just kind of, it's right where my hand wanted it to be. So. Ooh, I got a, a flipper. I'll go with that one. Um, I will. <laughs> That's funny. It's another cup. I. So you know how I, I pull like four or five cards to guide the episode and then we pull in the beginning. I've pulled so many cups, (laughs) which (laughs) at first I was like, oh, I wasn't really expecting that. And then I was like, oh, no, I guess this, I guess that makes sense. And I I just pulled yet another cup. So uh, that's, that's interesting. What cup did you pull? I pulled page of cups. (laughs) Oh, what did you pull? I pulled three of swords and I kind of want to talk about the card. I mean, I think that um, three of swords just traditionally works really well for this topic because the reason why we really need to manage expectations or why we do manage expectations, which I think is different than need to versus why we do the need to is so that we don't get heartbroken. And the reason why we do is because we fear being heartbroken. And there's this really quiet place between those two spaces that has, again, has to do with how we think about it. In this deck, it's a really, I think that there might actually be two versions of Three of Swords in this deck. In this particular card, it's a person who has a book open in front of them and there's three swords in the book. And you can see the letters starting to kind of fly out of the book. And the top of the person's head is open in a way that's vaguely creepy, but also not. And somehow the letters start to turn into birds and they're flying oh, wow. out of the, into the head and out of the head. And I think it's a, a lovely representation of this idea of managing expectations and heartbreak and how much of that really is about the stories that we've heard and the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that perhaps we dare not even think could happen. Wow. It's a really powerful card to, uh, to just pull right off the bat. Yeah, it, sure. It, We're just going to pull that. Yeah. <laughs> right. No big deal. Um, it reminds me too of when, 
we were talking a moment ago about going from one end of the spectrum to the other. And when we go from having expectations to saying like, oh, I don't want to have any because I want to avoid disappointment yeah. and how it can become that kind of, I guess, a display of rigidity in terms of self-preservation because we don't want to experience that. And we feel like we are protecting ourselves from heartbreak by uh, trying to say that we, you know, we don't have expectations, for example. But I think ultimately by existing on that end of the spectrum, we do hurt ourselves and it does lead to heartbreak because we're, we're stopping ourselves from having a certain type of relationship or connection with somebody by choosing to build a wall around us. And I think, unfortunately, we do hurt the people we care about. And that's why we hurt, why we do feel hurt when, when someone doesn't meet an expectation because there's, there's a relationship that's there. Oh, that's interesting. Right. There's, I feel like there's so much we could say, actually, maybe that's where I want to go with page of cups because you know, I'm thinking about, you know, now that I'm talking about the expectations that we, <laughs> that we have for people like our, maybe our partner or our family members and, and that fear of getting hurt. You know, I think it's because often we have a vision of who we want them to be yes, and who we expect them to be or how we expect them to behave, which often isn't exactly who they are or actually are. Um, Or maybe even what they're actually capable of. And it also doesn't take into account what they need or what they're expecting, which I think is unfair to both us and the other person. You know, sometimes what we expect people to offer us, I I think can be significantly less meaningful or magical than what they can actually offer us because we get stuck in this this expectation that maybe isn't real, that we, we forget that these people have their own ability to offer us something. And we don't give ourselves the opportunity to experience the level of flexibility and curiosity that I think the Page of Cups offers us in these moments. Oh, I suddenly, I love how you just did that at the end. I think that's right. Okay. So we're beginning really, it's so funny to do this because I have thoughts coming into the episode, but then we start talking and I never know what direction it's going to go. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we really are beginning with around the concept of relationships. And I think that that's really normal and I guess to be expected. And it seems like we're talking about the most intimate relationships. We're talking about a romantic relationship or we're talking about a family relationship. And the idea that we have in our head, it goes back to this three of swords, this particular three of swords. It goes back to the story that we have of what we want somebody to be. And how often, I'm sure you do this work, I do this work all the time, of helping to peel back the narrative of what we think it was supposed to be, which in some cases it should have been. I mean, we do Mm -hmm. this work all the time when you have a parent who's sort of an emotionally immature parent, but that's still your parent. And trying to kind of pull apart this, it's reasonable for me to have wanted my parent to be a mature adult or wanted my parent to have shown up in the world in a certain way. But how do I manage the expectations for what I wanted and really what I should have gotten versus this Mm. person who I do have a relationship with, who did raise me, who didn't raise me as I wish that they had, but still they did. And there are some parts of that where there are places 
that I don't understand yet. I love this page of cups for it because yeah. it's this sort of playful engagement of what do I not get or where can I engage that I never have before because I've been so focused on not getting what I wanted. I feel like I have so much to say right now <laughs> because uh, I told you I pulled like so many cups and one of the other cups cards that I pulled is two of cups and I feel like they two of cups needs to sit next to page of cups for a moment and I'm glad that you pointed out that r- right off the bat we're kind of talking about more intimate relationships like family partners friends but I think you know, other relationships that are at play here are our work relationships, our relationships, or even with our neighbors or the world or, or, you know, people who represent us in the world, for example. And I think looking at the two of cups is important because uh, it's a card of meaningful exchange, which Mm -hmm. I think we need to practice internalizing sometimes because you made a, a good point a moment ago about how we tend to focus only on what we need or what we want when we're thinking about expectations. And we forget that our expectations are inherently selfish. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just the truth. Yeah, Like we have our own interests at heart as we should, especially if we come from a situation where use the term emotionally immature parents, where we have had to only look out for ourselves. It makes sense that we are really protective of that. And I think when we are kind of maybe only focused on that, our expectations then become more rigid and it becomes more difficult to engage with that energy of the page of cups and even the two of cups combined. Mm-hmm. Because I think both of these cards together offer not only curiosity, but also a sense of vulnerability and collaboration that feels scary sometimes when we have expectations. But I think we need both of these to, at the end, <laughs> feel fulfilled. Because if we're not sharing our wants and our needs, then we ultimately are going to be disappointed. So if we want to engage in the energy of the Page of Cups and we want to feel the energy of the Two of Cups, we have to figure out, okay, what does this look like? Because this doesn't involve just me. Like maybe I am the Page of Cups, but if we want to feel Two of Cups, there's two people here and they're looking at each other and there's some sort of exchange happening. So what is it that you're not doing or experiencing when you're sitting with your expectations? You know, I kind of want to go sideways here for a second, though. Everything you just said is correct. Yes, and I think that there is also a way that we could page of cups this a little differently in a way that doesn't get to two of cups, because I think that we also have to acknowledge part of the expectation, particularly when I see this with clients who are struggling with parents, Mm -hmm. there is just an inherent expectation that your parent is going to behave like an adult or that your right and like sometimes they just don't and so if you keep going back to this idea of how do i get to a two of cups relationship with my parent the answer might be you won't right but we can still page of cups a little bit maybe by being able to laugh at ourselves or like laugh at like, oh my goodness, my mom is really acting like a 12-year-old. That's interesting. And being able to not point and laugh, but chuckle a little bit. Now that, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be really gentle there and say, that's a lot of work to get to oh, that gosh. place. Years, like that's a years. lot of work, right? So <laughs> yeah. don't feel like any kind of way if that's hard right now. But I like having the idea of it, of a curiosity of, 
where can I sort of change my expectations? If I expect, if I keep without realizing it, expect my mother to behave like a normal person, I will always be disappointed. Right. Let me change my expectations. Right. And this is where you have to be careful though, to not say, well, I don't expect anything from her. I expect her to be terrible. Right. So right, right, I right. think, I think, I, I mean, I still, I'm going back to the two of cups here because I think that there's, they're not embracing, which I think is important because I think that there's a healthy boundary. I mean, there's a clear space between these two people, which I think is important to keep in mind when you have expectations. Like what am I willing to give or offer when I'm in this person's presence? And what do I, what do I know that they're likely to do or say? So how can I engage in a way that still feels safe and okay for me? That isn't going from, you know, one maladaptive expectation to another. How can I still get maybe some needs met and have realistic expectations of how this, you know, exchange is going to go? But that, so my back isn't turned, for example, and just being, I'm going back to that word maladaptive. Mm-hmm. Like what does, what does a healthy exchange look like with someone who, you know, won't ever be able to truly meet your needs? Okay. I feel like it's about to get really complicated. And I, I, I want to say like, maybe we need to create some space by talking about other types of expectations, but this is where we are. Often before we begin, I'll just sort of pull a random card. That's my way. You pull a whole bunch. I will sometimes just pull one and just wait for the moment. The card I pulled was the lovers. And Mm. I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to talk. Like, I don't know how that's (laughs) going to work. And it caught my attention when you said they're not embracing because in this deck, it's it's, um, a picture of a tree that's split and then rejoined. You know how trees will kind Mm, of like lean into itself. So it almost looks like the trees are embracing. And I think that this is where, this is a good example because it's very real world, but we could take this example and generalize it to other experiences. Sometimes we have a set of experiences like having an emotionally mature parent that teaches us about how the world is. And so then we have to figure out like where the balance point is of, I'm not going to expect too much but I also want to leave a little bit of a door open in myself to Mm. say in this particular relationship, I understand that there are some boundaries. It will only go so far. I can view it differently, but that doesn't mean that the lover's card is off the table for me. That doesn't mean that that never exists. That means it doesn't exist in this relationship. And I think that that is such a scary place for people to go. The other card that I pulled sort of like right at the beginning, I pulled two actually was the moon. And I feel like Mm. the moon speaks to this, allowing ourselves the ability to manage this expectation of, okay, I understand what I see in front of me, which is true. And I understand that I tell myself stories about it because I can't, I don't want to accept the truth of what I'm looking at. I also understand that there are things that are unseen to me that are not yet experienced, and I need to let them also potentially be true. And this is really, really hard to do. There's a lot that you just said. I know. Sorry. It just kind of <laughs> no, starts flowing out. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I, I feel like it's all very internal and yes. because of this process can be, and I, I almost want to take it external for a moment because 
two, because I told you I pulled all the cups. So two of the other cards I pulled were four of cups and five of cups. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, these are going to, we're going to communicate with these two for a moment. And I feel like these two are like the external components of what you're just talking about, because I think if we stay too much in the moon and what was the other card you pulled? The lovers. The lovers. We could just keep building stories that aren't super helpful. Just like, I mean, really just like the four and five of cups, but I am thinking about communication now and how I've had, and I know you have, and the people listening (laughs) understand this, where we start to, you know, maybe someone's sharing a story, right? Of something that happened, a feeling of disappointment, feeling let down, where maybe their needs or wants weren't met. And then we, we ask, you know, well, well, did you share what your expectations oh, yeah. were? Did you share what you <laughs> needed? Right. Right. Yeah. And then the answer is always like, well, well, no, I didn't explicitly tell them, but I feel like it's obvious they should know. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. They I had that should conversation know. this morning. Yeah. This morning. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's yeah. like, it's so relevant. And you know, the problem is it's obvious to us. Of course, it's obvious to us. It goes back to when I was saying, you know, our, our expectations are, are inherently selfish because we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to, you know, it's all about that self-preservation. So things feel super obvious to us, which makes us think that they're obvious to other people, but they're usually not. So, you know, I go back to communication. One of the biggest underlying issues in managing expectations is that we're not talking we're not explicitly sharing what we need or what we want or how we expect an interaction or a situation or an event to go, which I think we see in both the four and the five of cups, because in the four of cups, you know, this person's like just being really non-compliant, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) You know, they've got these cups in front of them that, you know, maybe they're not what they're expected. The person sitting there with their arms crossed, like, you know, screw this, like, this isn't what I wanted, you know, and maybe they're not even entertaining that, that fourth cup that's being offered to them because there's fear of further disappointment. Well, Oh God, this just happened in my life recently. Actually, that's funny. Someone was like, well, if I can't have this, I don't want anything at all. Yeah. And that's so four of cups in this moment. And then you have five of cups where someone is, maybe it's not anger, but it's it's grief and it's sorrow. And they are so just deeply attached to this disappointment that happened. You know, they're looking mm-hmm. at these spilled cups and there's they cannot let go of that, that they are unable to see anything else. So I feel like in four of cups, it's that unwillingness, like arms are crossed. Nope. If it's not my way, it's no way. So there's unwillingness, four of cups, inability, five of cups, because they're just, they're so distraught. And I think both of these are lack of proper communication, transparency, and then going back to that page of cups, exploration um, and curiosity. I mean, that's so interesting. And it does link, I see where you're, where you're going with it. Um, because it really does link to that two of cups, right? Of this idea of say it, open the lines of communication, be clear in your expectations, right? And boy, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, this does feel like it goes beyond just intimate relationships. Like I get really anxious when I show up someplace and I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And I always really, I've, I've become kind of somebody who keeps an eye out for 
really great crowd management or expectation <laughs> setters. Like I really appreciate it when I show up in a room and somebody gets up and says, okay, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> because like now I know. And that communication skill, it's so funny. I work with a bunch of people right now who are in management positions or becoming mm-hmm. managers. And we talk a lot about communication skills and being able to be accepting of people as they are, but also being in a position of like, well, you're their manager. It's your job to guide and to help and to teach and to train and be really clear about expectations. And boy, that's hard for people. I think what you're saying is so important because I feel like it ties back into when you brought up the moon card earlier of, you know, this kind of fear of, well, what are the expectations? I don't really know. I need someone to set them for me. You know, there's, I think that's the other component here that we haven't fully talked about is what happens when we don't have expectations, but not in like a maladaptive way? What if they're mm-hmm. unknown? And I think there's that level of ambiguity that does increase anxiety when something isn't kind of set in stone for us. And, you know, I hadn't thought about exploring anxiety when we originally talked about managing expectations, but I love the way you just described your personal experience because I feel like it is so relatable and it really goes to show like how important kind of managing <laughs> expectations yeah. are because if we walk into a situation and there is no kind of guideline or kind of a like schedule set for example or we don't know who's in charge you know we do start to feel um, that lack of control and when we feel lack of control we feel scared, like something might happen. And I think that just goes back to just kind of like inherently how we are as humans. So yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that other than I liked that you brought it up because I feel like it kind of opened another door to this conversation that I hadn't thought of. It is. I mean, so interesting. How much does fear have to do with it? And I think the answer with expectations and with everything is fear has everything to do with it. That the reason why we have a hard time managing our expectations is because we are scared of what could go wrong or scared. And what could go wrong could be that the thing that I'm hoping for doesn't come true. Mm. That, that fear of I'm scared of being disappointed or I'm scared of looking like a fool. Yes. Right. Like that, we think it keeps us safe, but it actually keeps us in a box. A card I pulled a little bit ago is Knight of Swords. Mm. And I feel like that's a good one for like talking about expectations. If I have a set of expectations, my mother's going to behave a certain way. I'm going to show up and people are going to tell me where to go, whatever it is. If we can sort of recognize that in any given moment, I have the ability to change my expectations and to adjust and to say, oh, I thought it was going to go this one way, but I see it's going this other way. And I have the ability to change course. Mm. That's power when you recognize that this is what you can do rather than sort of like getting on the track and going. Well, now I'm here and now I'm confused and I don't know what's going on. And so now I'm going to have a panic attack. Okay. Is that the way it has to go? Or here I am, I'm having my conversation with my mother and just like always, she did this thing and now I'm upset. Okay, 
is there another option? I love everything you're saying. I feel like I have 10 things to say about them now and I'm trying to organize (laughs) them in my head. I'm like, oh yes, that's great. Like that's distress tolerance skills and the need to be flexible and, you know, not rigid. And then I look down and uh, this isn't one of my favorite cards. I was almost put it back when I pulled it because I was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> it's not the sun. I actually am liking the sun these days. It's the, it's the strength card. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I really almost put it back in the deck because it's just, I don't re- ever really know what to say about it. But I think everything Love you just strength. said, I know you do. <laughs> but I think everything you just said really lends itself to this card. I think you said the word power and I'm looking down I'm like, oh, Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's a level of power and control inherent in the strength card because you know you've got this person standing over this this lion, you know, with their hands in its mouth. And everything that you just said made me think about like a power play dynamic and like needing to be in control or needing someone oh. else to be in control and this this flexibility, right? And I think when we give people the space to be who they are or get what they need, we're not only giving them a sense of freedom and control, we, I think we also give ourselves a sense of freedom and control because in letting something go, letting maybe some type of expectation go, we are, we're freeing something up in ourselves because I think disappointment from expectation is almost always tied to a need to be in control. Like we've been saying, you know, when you look at this card, I think we often forget that we cannot control anyone but ourselves. In in this strength card, this I mean, it, this person's making it look effortless. Yeah, I'm just going to like open this lion's mouth. No big deal. <laughs> you know, I'm in control. I got this. I, I'm I'm strength, right? And I think we can we can choose to open that that lion's mouth and expect it to comply with us because we're embodying the strength card. Or we can choose to work with the lion and understand that it's this powerful beast of an animal that has its own needs and wants and expectations. And the way that we choose to interact with it directly impacts the way it's going to respond to us. Because if we walk in and say, I'm in control, I got this, like I know what to expect and I'm gonna make sure my expectations are met, it might not go very well. But when we allow ourselves the flexibility, like you were mentioning earlier, to be okay with change and impermanence and be in kind of like a flow state with just the universe, knowing that like (laughs) we don't have control over everything, Mm -hmm. there's so much less anxiety and also less opportunity for shitty things to happen. Oh, I love the way you're talking about this so much. Like, ooh, this got exciting. A card I pulled a few minutes ago was Justice. Oh, totally. Right? Because I think that this is really, it comes down to mindset. And that's what you were just saying. That I think that we, I think a lot of us, including myself, this is something I'm working on right now, actually, is the idea of things should be fair. And guess what? They're not because we live in a chaotic world. And somehow the idea that if things aren't fair or aren't just, that that somehow needs to be reconciled or should be reconciled or is a statement of like, I can't let somebody else win. But here's the thing. You can't get through life always winning. Sometimes you're going to take the hit. And if you can just accept that as part of the expectation of part of the, boy, I was really excited to go to pumpkin land this weekend and I wasn't expecting the parking lot to be full. And Mm -hmm. now I can't find parking and I have to drive around for 45 minutes to park. 
okay, does that mean anything other than the fact that you can't find parking? No, it doesn't mean anything. But people will connect with that as now I have to think about like, I'm an idiot because I should have left earlier, or all these other people are idiots, or let me get angry Mm. at like the management. And now you're off to the races and you're not in reality. You're not in the moment of you're in the car and you could be listening to a podcast or whatever. And like, you're excited to get out of the car and pee, but you're going to be all right. You know, just be in the moment, but it's the expectations around the moment And the justice of it, of it's not fair, where I think a Mm. lot of people just get stuck. That was so well said. I think that goes back to when we opened the the conversation and we talked about that the risk of going from one end of the spectrum to the other and then being stuck there and Mm -hmm. then only kind of existing in that plane and seeing, I mean, you just painted a beautiful picture of what happens when you do that and how it has a really intense impact on you know, the rest of your day or the rest of your week or your month or whatever at this event that you're going to. And I think it's important to focus on that for a minute and say, well, hold on. My expectation was what? Okay, well, this one thing happened, but that doesn't mean that because this one thing happened, all these other things are going to happen too. You know, I think you painted a a beautiful picture of just being in the moment and it actually kind of goes nicely with another card I had pulled, which is the temperance card. Oh yeah. And I've been reading Paul Quinn's book, um, Tarot for Life, which one of our um, awesome symposium members recommended. And they, uh, he talks about temperance as a a continuous tinkering and and kind of infinite paradox (laughs) that kind of exists within the energy of temperance. And I think temperance might be the balance to the justice card right now, because if you look at the temperance card, there's this, this mixing of the water um, in the temperance's chalices that encourage this act of blending uh, that Paul Quinn talks about, which I think is a beautiful reminder that we, we have to practice getting comfortable in that middle gray area of life instead of just trying to expect things to be one way or the other. Oh, I think that that's so... I'm so glad you brought up that card. That's exactly right. That if we can allow, and boy, I'm really loving everything you're saying. If we can decide that it doesn't need to be this or that, that it is going to be like, yeah, we can still have a good time even though it's raining. Yes. That uh, it's so hard for us because as humans, we tend to like to sort things into categories. We love a good category, right? Like I'm this or I'm this. So I'm this personality type or I'm this personality type or this is my set. Like we love to be able to put labels on things. And I mean, it actually reminds me of that wonderful Pixar movie Inside Out, where at the end, there are these sort of like memory bubbles. And when it starts to blend with it being bittersweet Mm. at the end, if we can live understanding that life is bittersweet and that it is fair and unfair and lucky and unlucky and good and bad Mm, all at the same time. And that is really hard. I do find that most people struggle with not kind of going bitter. And, you know, I'm thinking about talking to people about dating and job hunts, Mm. because this is where you see it a lot where, you know, people try and they don't get a great result and it's not fair, you know, but after a while, they've just had this like bad result after bad result after bad result. And now all of a sudden 
they're sending out shitty cover letters Mm. or they're not responding to people on the apps or they're like showing up with a shitty attitude. And now, now that's what you're asking for. So it's really hard to find that place of temperance and being able to say it's a mix and I'm getting good experience and the universe is having me wait and that's okay. That's a really hard place to maintain, but I think it's a place that is really when we are, dare I say, at our highest form of humanity is Mm -hmm. when we can accept that place of it's good and it's bad and it's okay. I love everything you're saying because it reminds me of, you use the word narrative a lot or story, you know, in the beginning of this episode. And I think what we need to remember too, is that in these moments when our expectations are not met and we're left with disappointment, it's not the end. It's just one part of, you know, it's just an excerpt of our story. It's not over. We continue writing it, you know, until the day we die. I mean, I, I really love that you just said that because it's very, very true. And I will say that as somebody who's sort of been walking around now for a couple decades, it does amaze me how impatient I was for mm-hmm. things to be a certain way at a certain time when I was younger, because it's what I expected. Yeah, And it really doesn't matter when it happens or even how it happens. But being able to sort of say something good will happen eventually is an important piece of hope that we have to hold on to. It really does make me laugh when I hear people talk about um, dating or jobs. I have a lot of people who I talk to who are interested in becoming therapists or going back and doing a mm-hmm. career change. And they will often say to me, I don't know, I'm so old. And I'm like, do you realize that you're like, you know, a decade younger than when I did my career switch? <laughs> like, but they just get so caught in their head about this is like, it should have been a certain way. Those should haves really, who was it who talked about should haves? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember, but it's, you know, you're shitting all over yourself. Shitting all over yourself. Right. That's cognitive behavioral therapy right there. I feel like we just go right back to that page of cups that I pulled in the beginning and and reminding ourselves the importance of staying curious about yourself, about others, and about what the world can offer you or will offer you or what you can take from the world or what, what else you can continue to write in your story. Since we're speaking about managing expectations, we probably should note that we're going to ask our listeners to manage their own expectations for the next month. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, everyone's kind of grown to expect a new episode from us each Sunday, and that's going to continue in the new year. But we have decided to take a short hiatus uh, in the month of December just so, um, you know, we can take a break and get ready to bring a whole new year of insightful conversations that blend the worlds of tarot and mental health. We're excited for the break and we are so grateful to everybody who listens every week. I'm always amazed by how many people have listened to one of our episodes. It's absolutely humbling, but we'll look forward to talking to you guys in the new year. Yeah, you all continue to inspire us each day and we are beyond grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. 
If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.